0: One. All right, welcome to the Mindfulness and Self Care Summit with Jean Maze. Jean, how are we doing?
1: Hey, I'm doing great. Perfect. How are you?
0: I am perfect as well. Something, yes. something you've taught me. Jean, <laughs> is my, Jean is my longtime teacher. She is a yoga teacher extraordinaire, maybe referred to as the teacher of teachers. So oh, I'm, I'm excited to get you on here, pick your brain, um, and share all the knowledge that you have that you've shared with me over the years and with, with all of us around the Bay Area. So Excited to have you, Jean, so thanks for being on.
1: Well, thanks for having me. I'm super stoked to be here at your summit.
0: Awesome, awesome. And you want to take a couple minutes maybe just kind of introduce who you are, what you're about, and uh, why we should listen to you?
1: <laughs> Always a good question, isn't it? Um, because you want to. Listen because you want to. Always because you want to. Anyway, I'm Jean Mazze. I've uh, been a yoga practitioner and teacher for over 35 years. I started doing yoga when I was in eighth grade from a book. Long story about that, but you know, email me and I'll tell you the whole story. Um, I've been doing spiritual study with a metaphysician and astrophysicist and healer Dennis Adams since late '80s. Um, I've done work with Bonnie Bainbridge Cohen who does systems of the body, a lot of healing work. So with my, and I also have a dance background and singer and just all well-rounded person of life. So to me, it's always been about how can I take my practice and what am I doing? How can I make it relevant to me while I'm in the practice, which is like quote on the mat. But then more importantly, at this point in my life, especially is how can I make that relevant to what I do every day? Mm -hmm. So if it doesn't serve me in my daily life, it's just kind of a. And you know, at some point, it's fun to make art for art's sake, but at this point, it's not about that. It's really how is it relevant? Mm-hmm. And um, that's what I try to impart and share with all my students and those that I meet.
0: Cool. And you know I know something you've taught me is is about finding the breath that's right for you. and really, that kind of translates into finding the self-care practices, finding the yoga practices, finding the Finding whatever blank is for you in the moment, and apply that. Maybe you can touch on that a little before we dive in.
1: Yeah, the breath that's right for you. When I learned that, when I first was introduced that uh, to the, when I was first introduced to the breath that's right for you, I'm going to find the words that are right for me right now. When I was introduced to the breath that's right for you, I don't know, ten or so years ago, it just those words just rang for me as so true as, like the juice the the gems of what pranayama what meditation what practice has been about because when i when you start to focus in like if you you just take a second here everybody just close your eyes for a second and then you're just going to start breathing like and we just have this breath and all of a sudden you're thinking oh my god i'm doing yoga breathing so what do i do right well drop all that and just what is the breath that's right for you right now just ask that question right here in present moment what is the right amount of air for me to be taking in on this breath and the right amount of air for me to be letting go of on this breath. And just start there. Don't think about getting deeper or slower or more amazing with your breath. Just let it be what it needs to be right here, right now. And then at some point you'll find a certain rhythm or tempo, how fast does that breath need to be? Because sometimes in our life, our breath or our life is faster. And sometimes our breath or our life is slower. Sometimes those opportunities come faster. Sometimes those opportunities come slower. Sometimes those words come faster. Sometimes the words come slower. And when you find the breath that's right for you, you'll say, how do I know it's right for me? You'll know because you'll get a physical sensation, a feeling, an actual feeling of relief or release that moves through your body. And this is you learning about your own nervous system. This is your parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest system, saying, ah, thanks for noticing me. And then we reaffirm that, yes, I do know what's right for me. I do know the breath that's right for me. And not only am I capable of giving it to myself, because I just did, I'm also willing to give it to myself. And as we affirm the breath that's right for us, we're also affirming that yes, indeed, we do know what's best for ourselves. And not only are we capable, but we're willing to make those choices. So just take a moment, just bask in that feeling of knowingness, that feeling that, yes, I do know how to take care of myself. Consciously or unconsciously, I do know what the breath that's right for me is, and that's enough. And then to come out, just take a deep breath in. Exhale, I like to release chin to chest just because it kind of lets my brain relax and flutter your eyes open. come back to the summit so that's the teaching in a nutshell
0: I love it it's what I love about that teaching is one is the tangibleness that there's a a switch and there's a click and the more the more you practice this almost the quicker you can get to it and it's Mm -hmm. that sensation of wow everything's okay and I'm fine Wow. and what I also love about it it's so simple it's not Complex. It's not sexy. It's not fancy. It's the most basic practice, and yet it's so powerful. I think we get, you know, we get so hung up on, well, it's got to be from this teacher. It's got to be this this technique, and I have to do all these things. It's like, well, maybe. Um, so that's what I always get. It's like, oh, so simple, so simple.
1: Truth is simple. I mean, to me, when you really start going to the te- through the teachings and really start embodying what these messages are and they're, they're through all sorts of texts and scriptures and books and whether they're contemporary or ancient that it really boils down to a few simple truths and it's just mm-hmm. a few simple nuggets and how can you find the nugget that's right for you for one thing mm-hmm. but yeah it doesn't have to be fancy sometimes though you know being people and all we need some fanciness to make ourselves feel like we're doing something, quote unquote, mm-hmm. doing something. We need that sense of accomplishment. We need to feel like I've grown or I've done something. And So we can use those fancier fancier techniques to help us. It helps us calm. The mind keeps our mind more occupied. So there is a purpose for that. Mm-hmm. But the great thing about breath, it's right for you, is you can do it anytime. Mm-hmm. Anybody can do it. It's Safe because it's just what's right for you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, one a question that I've gotten a lot, and as we've been doing this this summit and with other students, and I'm sure you have too, is the self care piece. Is and this maybe a little off topic, but we'll go with it. Is that I immediately hear people say, Well, that's if I'm doing what's right for me all the time, then aren't I being selfish? <laughs> if I'm always taking care of myself then, you know, I, maybe I was raised in a, in a religion that told me that wasn't okay. So, I mean, there I, I hear that a lot. I know you do too. Do you have any kind of a hot tip on how to work through this self-care is actually selfish piece and maybe how we transform that?
1: That's a huge, huge teaching and a huge, huge, huge project for most people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up in, uh, a le- in a in a home where it was really just kind of almost evil in a way, if I were to use that big word. To take care of myself first to think of myself first. That was selfish. That was bad. That was me being greedy and you know, not respectful or not loving of everybody else around me and Mm -hmm. As a result, I just I just learned to give 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 and not from a place of unconditional giving But just from a place of because this is what I was supposed to do so I could be a quote good person Mm -hmm. Well that kind of you know bit me in the butt years later when I was completely depleted and I felt very judgmental and I was jealous of people and I just, I, you know, I couldn't be happy for anybody else's successes because I just felt like nothing was coming to me and all these types of things. And it wasn't until I really got on that self-care, self-love project that I started to learn how important self-care and self-love is. To me, they're mm-hmm. the same thing. Self-care is an act of self-love. Mm-hmm. And just to say oh love yourself Who? who uh, I'm just you know what what does that even mean yeah. you know, I start I think oh of course I love myself well yeah you do and probably you could do more and it's not like doing more it's like how can I really gain capacity and patience with myself and unconditionalness with myself so I can really love myself Um. So self care and selfishness first of all, just the whole caveat is if you're empty, what can you give?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So if my well is empty, then I have really nothing to give, and if i 'm saying well i 'm depleted, i 'm totally depleted, but yet I 'm still giving, well, my hot insight for that is you 're not really giving to give then you're giving so you feel better about yourself. Mm-hmm. so now your giving isn't really giving it's kind of selfish anyway, and yeah. now it 's probably conditional, which then creates a lot of karma and. So if you're empty and your cup is there's nothing in it like if you then you have really nothing to give for example if I wanted to give you $10,000 um, and I my bank account is zero mm-hmm. I can't give it to you no matter how much I want to give it to you it's easy to look at when we're talking about money because I either have it or I don't have it right well with our emotional state or where our capacity to give and love we think that that is a currency that is infinite and immeasurable. Well, mm-hmm. it is ultimately infinite when we tap into to infinite love. And it is immeasurable once we've tapped into the in, infiniteness of our being. But most of us don't operate on that level. We're still kind of just trying to get through the day. Like we have 100, 100 energy points or 100 energy dollars that we mm-hmm. can spend all day long. And by the end of the day, oftentimes I got zero in my account. The way I know I have zero in my count is because I get crabby. Mm-hmm. The way I know I have zero in my count is because I get sick. The way I know I have zero in my count is because I get judgmental or I get jealous or whatever the person's go to negative mode, modus operandus, M-O is, that's mm-hmm. how you know when you're in depletion mode. So in order to actually feel like you can give from a place of unconditionalness, then we have to say... How can I keep myself full? How can I keep my cup full? So I actually have some currency to share. Mm -hmm. So in that way, actually depleting our cup is the more selfish thing to do. Mm
0: -hmm. Because now
1: when my cup is empty, when I'm giving, I'm really just trying to get my cup full. Because I'm in starvation mode. Mm -hmm. Now I'm putting all that stuff on people to appreciate my giving and to acknowledge my generosity when really I can't give from a place of unconditionalness because I just don't have it in me. Mm -hmm. So for me being selfish, that's actually taking care of those around me because then when I give, I'm not giving with strings attached and I can just give them really from a place of unconditionalness is the only word I can come up with right now, but that's what it is. So if I give to you, Nick, I'm not expecting anything back from you. I don't expect Mm -hmm. you to appreciate me or give me back. Give me something at all.
0: Mm-hmm. And I guess you could say that's because you're already full at that point. You've you've got your cup full, so you don't need to give me in order for me to then reciprocate.
1: Exactly, because I'm full, I don't need to eat.
0: Wow, yeah. And 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 there's a lot of coaches I think that'll be watching this. And I know as a teacher, I'm sure you too. It's like if I show up at fifty, fifty percent, I probably shouldn't be in the room. You know,
1: you still well, have fifty. So about 50.
0: Care, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I shouldn't. Yeah. Be. You know, we charge our clients 50% of the rate then if we're going to show up with just half a cup.
1: Right. You know, yeah. depends. I mean, <laughs> you might have a really good, you might have a solid 50, so 50 might be okay. You got to know which, which number is right for you. That's the thing. It's not like a, you have to be 100%. That's because you're always spending. It's, it's, a, it's a living, breathing thing, this energy exchange. So it's not like you can always, it's not like we're plugged in to the wall all the time. Mm -hmm. unless you are and then you've tapped into that infinite resource of unconditional love and that whole divinity aspect and that spiritual aspect and that place where there really is unlimited resource
0: yeah yeah
1: but that comes from a place of really living non-judgment i mean really really doing that and um it's a rare it's rare when you see someone that really lives from non-judgment
0: yeah yeah it's super cool um, so how, from here, you know, I mean, I, when I think of you, I think of you as kind of the self-love expert, and it's been just kind of more and more apparent over the last couple of years that that's kind of you're like, hey, this is what I'm, I'm here for. Um, I know you've taught me that, and I know the self-care piece goes hand in hand. And I like how you said self-care is really self-love. Uh, maybe sometimes it's not as scary of a word. It's it's a little more digestible. Um, so I know for your topic, you were going to talk about habit uh looking at the world through the lens of love and looking at transforming your your world and relationship through love so if you wouldn't mind diving into that we can kind of dive into the, the meat and bones of of living through love
1: yeah it's so powerful um when i was thinking about what topic to bring to the summit in a nutshell like what could what little piece could i share with with everyone and what's really changed me the most is, is how do I see the world really through a lens of love instead of a lens of lack or a lens of self-judgment? And what it comes down to is if this lens that I'm looking through, whether it's my glasses. I mean, they help me see certain types of things. But how can I see the world through that lens of love? How can I see the world as love? How can I see those around me as incarnations of love and things like pencils as incarnations of love how can i see everything as love
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i mean it sounds really great oh yeah everything's love because when how not you hear that all you need is love and all those songs about love and i mean john lennon wrote a ton of really conscious material about love and all that kind of stuff and so how do we really apply that and how can we really start really feeling this pencil is love, mm-hmm. and just not a not just not a pencil, just not something that I use to write to get my job done, but it's really an incarnation of love. And that would come from seeing oneself so deeply as the lovingness, the loving being, the love that we are from the get go. And how do we do that? We will we focus on loving ourselves. Mm-hmm. Because until we can really, really, I don't want to put that as a, eh, no, I say until we do this, then that. So it's not a conditional thing. But I found that for me, the more I really can love myself unconditionally, the more I really have capacity to, to view the world from a place of love, to see everything around me, people, places, and things as Expressions of this big love, and I don't mean romantic love or hearts, moons, stars, and clovers—the lucky charms love. You know, I'm looking at love as a as a bigger word, because love isn't just pretty. You know, love is—it's just not a picture of a the Garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. I mean, love is all of the knowledge. Love is all of that. All of that life is, and when we can start seeing life as everything, positive and negative alike, as being reflections of love, acts of love, experience of love, opportunities for us to grow from love, then it changes our entire worldview. And so we're no longer playing victim or martyr or aggressor or greater than or less than. We're starting to see how everything around us is really an expression of love, mm-hmm. which changes the game considerably, yeah. completely, yeah.
0: So when you talk about love, like what does, what does that mean to you? How would you, I know we can't necessarily define love, but how would you sum it up in the best way that you could with, with words?
1: Because it's not a verbal concept mm-hmm. and we are doing our best as, uh, as people with language, Love to me is that state of unconditional acceptance. I I can just hear the triggers out there. If I say it's okay, then I'm not really, I can just hear it. Yeah, come see me privately. (laughs) Um, Unconditional acceptance. No judgment. Mm -hmm. And... A willingness to to be present with what is really happening, what's happening for you. And to not run away from parts of ourselves that we aren't thrilled with, Mm -hmm. that we probably have a judgment about, or that we feel haven't or have stopped to serve us. Instead to lean in give those places that we're less comfortable or less thrilled with or less proud of, maybe ashamed of even lean into those and get to know them better. See, what do they have? What do they have for us? Because if they're coming around, we haven't learned yet. And that's that hashtag get on as faster thing. You know, if it's coming back around, we're not done. And that's just the way it is. And if we're, No, well, yeah. We can make up all these types of, we can make up so many excuses and justifications and stories. And I'm not saying don't make up those things because we need them from time to time, sometimes a lot. But if we've got something going on in ourselves and it keeps coming back and it's something that we're not happy with, or we have an emotional response to something, Mm -hmm. it's really on us to love ourselves enough to make that shift. And that could require some effort. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And what I, what I love about your approach is, you know, the Facebook, Instagram picture is like, everything's positive. And yeah. you, you're sitting on a mountain and you're meditating and you're beautiful. And you know, it's, every, it's like, yeah, no, yes. And that may not be reality. So I, I love your perspective on, we're not just loving the positive. We're also loving the negative and we're loving the, and everything in between and to get honest with ourselves and say, ha, can I love myself for the things that I'm ashamed of or the things that I don't want people to know about me? Um, I mean, that's I think that's a deeper teaching and that's deeper work than that most of us are used to. Um, yeah. I'm assuming that takes practice. I'm assuming that takes time.
1: I'm still on a project. I've been on a project with focus and commitment since I was in my 20s when Dennis just threw this teaching out and said, Love yourself every day. I didn't even know what that was. And uh, just start there. What does that even mean to you?
0: Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: I have a lot, I work with people all, a lot of times. I give the same exact teaching, exactly. And the, the question is, well, I don't know where to start. Well, just start. Who cares if you mess, mess it up? You can't mess it up. But it's all information to help you take you into yourself so you can actually see yourself, see yourself. And when you can see yourself and start to really love yourself, no matter what that's when you actually start to look at the world through that lens of love. I'm going to talk about two things here. One of the one is loving yourself, no matter what. So when you've just done something that you think is hideous or horrible or unforgivable, that's when you need to stop right here, right now and say, am I willing to love myself right here, right now, no matter what? Mm -hmm. Because if you are not, then you are not going to be that unconditional coach that you want to be. You're not going to be that unconditional teacher that holds space for everybody. You're going to be the teacher that holds space for the positive aspects of people or the coach that is only willing to, willing to address issues that you feel comfortable with as a coach. Yeah. Are you willing to love yourself no matter what? Period.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't care how bad you fell off the wagon of whatever that is for you, you know? Oh, I'm judging the hell out of everything right now. Well, okay, so you are. Are you still willing to love yourself no matter what? Mm-hmm. Key, key.
0: And that's I, that's not easy necessarily, and that also that might not be fun. That might not, that might not be fun to sit there and go, you know, I've got these pieces of me that I'm that I'm working through, and I'm still going to love these. I mean, talk about the that that to me is tremendous amount of growth and, and courageousness in the practitioner themselves to say, I'm going to, I'm going to look at these pieces of myself and I'm going to work through it. And I'm going to learn how to love myself. And that's, that's sage in the approach.
1: Yeah. I just, I mean, I love that you brought up the word fun. I mean, I'm all for having fun. Everything I teach is like, yes, let's have more fun. I say, always try to have more fun during this whole process because Mm -hmm. newsflash. Nobody said it was going to be fun. Nobody said that, I mean, the reason why you have more fun after you've been a practitioner for a while is because you've learned to A, not take things so personally and you're Mm -hmm. judging less and you love yourself more. But actually to quit taking things personally, to judge yourself, uh, to stop judging yourself and others and to love yourself more isn't necessarily fun. (laughs) Just like when I I wanna learn how to play an instrument. It's not fun at the beginning. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I'm a guitar player and you know, I'm okay. But if I haven't played for a year, which is kind of basically true, picking up the guitar isn't fun at all because it just hurts my fingers. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to kind of go through just or, or if I was a marathon runner and I quit running for 10 years, I couldn't expect myself to go run a marathon. And let me tell you, it's probably going to hurt for a while, you know, to get mm-hmm. out there. It's not going to be fun to start running again. So yeah, it's not necessarily fun, but it will lead you to having more fun.
0: Yeah. I mean, and it's always interesting that when we talk about the body or if we talk about learning a language or an instrument, it's like, that makes so much sense. I get it. I'm not going to be able to pick up Chinese in a week. But when we, when we deal with ourselves and we deal with love, I feel like we a lot of us assume there's a different rule. There's different rules we play about. It. Like, I should know this. I should yeah. figure this out. It's like, if you only practice the guitar once a week, for you know, even for an hour, which would be a good amount, how good do you really expect to get in that process? I just think it's interesting that with the physical body, with activities, we have these set of rules, and then with ourselves, it's like, oh, well, I should know how to do this. I should know how to love myself. I should be better already. Um, can you touch on that. Why well, you think maybe there's a, yeah. there's a separation between the two?
1: Yes, and, um, I do teach a course called the Love Lab, and these are. This was a topic that, and I'm I bring up that because that whole course is all about learning how to love yourself and breaking it down. And this was a hot topic in that particular course. So yes. How do you expect to love yourself if you've never been taught to love yourself? Mm -hmm. I mean, really whose upbringing taught you to love yourself unconditionally?
0: I don't know too many people.
1: I mean, I think they're out there because there has to be just by the law of averages, Mm -hmm. but most people that are seeking or coming to, they want to be coached. (laughs) <laughs> or they're coming to your class or they're even at this summit, there's probably some sort of pain point in there or some aspect that isn't about loving myself. Otherwise, I'd have it handled and I wouldn't even be here. Mm-hmm. So let's just assume that most people watching this right now could love themselves more. Get off your backs. How do you, you don't know how to do it necessarily. So why, just like speaking in a language you've never spoken, I wouldn't expect you to know how to do that. Just like, I wouldn't expect you to know how to love yourself. So stop expecting yourself to just have it handled and stop expecting yourself to have it handled after one session with yourself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, some of you may just totally click. It may come flooding back to you from whatever memories might be in there. But if that's not you, you know, lighten up. Yeah. We have all the time. We have all of eternity to do this, by the way. It's not like we have to get it today or tomorrow, next month or next year, or even in 10 years or 20 years. Because honestly, when you start to get older, 10 years is a blip on your radar, people. Mm -hmm. It's just not that long. It seems like eternity, I know, but it just isn't really that long. When I think about some of the projects I've been working on for over 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, I go, huh. And I still got work to do on that. Mm -hmm. There's still juice for me there cool mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah i mean i you know i've been in the mindfulness game i don't know 10 12 years and i feel like it's just the last two two maybe two years it's like ah okay now it's like feels like it's starting to make more sense and i'm mean, like 10 years is a good amount of time it's a decade you know a little less than a third of my life And it's like it's starting to now feel like it's all making sense that's it you know to think now Now there's another 10 or 20 or 30 years on some of this stuff. It's like, yeah, that releases some pressure. Yes. To hear one, I don't have to know how to love myself. I don't have to do it perfectly in this moment because I am doing it perfectly. It's like, and I've got time, you know, I think you, maybe you've said before that transformation happens in a moment, but we don't necessarily know when that moment's going to come. To me, that just says it's going to happen, but we just don't know when get off, get off our own backs, let it happen.
1: Those moments of those epiphany moments, those Mm -hmm. oh my god, I just got it moment. It was all that came before that that led to that moment. So that Mm -hmm. moment wasn't isolated. It just to drop down from the sky and say, okay, now poof, you're enlightened. It was because of everything that led up to that moment. And who knows why, on that day, at that time, Mm -hmm. in that room with those people, or by yourself, you got the flash. That's an alchemy. That's a a coming together of lots of elements things seen and unseen that we don't know thank goodness we don't know
0: mm-hmm.
1: i mean first of all you know then we can be surprised from time to time and surprise is good it keeps it fresh you know if you knew everything about your life right now it'd be kind of boring so keep your relationship with yourself and your life fresh so hence surprise but then if we could see everything and know everything we'd be operating at a very different level here mm-hmm. and do we really want to be? That's another question. Yeah. I'm not not saying we do or we don't. It's something to aspire to or not. I'm just saying before you start asking for it, you might want to think about Do you really want that?
0: Mm -hmm. Because you will
1: get what you ask for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and especially if you start operating from the heart and from less conditionality, those things tend to come quicker.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They come quicker because you recognize them quickly, more quickly. You recognize and you're more able and willing to receive what's being given to you because you have fewer pictures on what's being given to you mm-hmm. because you, you, it doesn't have to come in the package. You originally conceived it. You know, mm-hmm. you can say, Oh, this is what I wanted, but it's coming in this way. Cause you can start to, it's, it, it's more available to you because you are bigger with your vision, with your seeing, with your willingness to receive.
0: Yeah. Maybe we can kind of tie it up here with, with this kind of last thing of, yeah, what, the picture of self-care, I think, is what, what messes us up a lot, too. Um, and thinking that it has to look like this or it has to look in a certain way. Can you talk about how do we now combine that idea of I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop the picture and then maybe whatever self-care looks like in the moment, I'm going to go with that instead of you know I have to do my yoga practice, I have to do my pranayama practice, I have to eat this diet, and then I've kind of got my stamp of, of self-care and self-approval.
1: Yeah. That's such That's a, uh, I, I will wrap it up as much as I can with that. It's a bigger topic than that because I don't like to say, Hey, just go do what you want to do. Even though I do want to say that because we have tendencies and we have habits mm-hmm. and to, to see is this choice I'm making a habit. And if I'm making that habitual choice, do I have to make that choice? Is that habit driving the bus of me? Mm-hmm. Is that habit, would, it, am I going out of my way to support my ha- habit or am I willing to change my habit? And changing a habit requires some effort, which means now you have something that you can uh, gauge failure and success whether you changed your habit. So it's a very tricky, tricky road. Mm-hmm. In a nutshell, there's times when exercising some discipline and some sets of rules for yourself can be really helpful because you get to see who you are when you're changing the game. That's what mm-hmm. discipline to me is about. It's mm-hmm. like if you, you're consciously saying, okay, I'm not going to use the word no, or I'm not going to use the word should, or I'm not going to use the word whatever, or I'm not going to use the word, that's closing a door to something. Mm-hmm. And then what that does is it makes me find another way. And that way, discipline has value. Like I'm not going to eat dairy. Well, mm-hmm. it's not about dairy as being evil. It's just that I want to find something else to do other than dairy. Or I'm not going or to, or I am going to, I'm not going to watch TV or whatever other things mm-hmm. you can do. So those help you move into a different trajectory.
0: Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah.
1: And the other way is to say, okay, I want to in- introduce now different types of habits into my life. I want to Like practice my guitar more or work out more or do pranayama or do stretching. And those are a little bit trickier because now we have, again, this thing that we can fail or succeed. Try not to judge yourselves for those failures and successes. Mm -hmm. But then it's taking something that you will succeed at more regularly. Please don't practice failure. Please don't practice trying to do one more thing in your life that's going to give you more fuel and fodder to beat yourself up.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So lower your expectations, drop them to the ground. And if you want to do a pranayama practice, pick one that you can really do every day for as long as you decide. Mm -hmm. Like if you're going to do a 40 day practice, if it's one minute, can you do one minute and then decide that I can do one minute, make that commitment to yourself one minute and start then start to carve out that hole of being there for yourself because these practices that we do, whether it's going to yoga class or doing pranayama or going on a diet or whatever other types of things, self care things you want to do are acts of self love. Mm-hmm. So please use them as acts of self love, not as a way to say, look at, I screwed up again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Look at what a failure I am. And give yourself something that you can really, really do to build that trust in yourself. Start small, really super, super small. So you build that trust in yourself that you go, I am there for me. And even though I said I have one minute of pranayama a day or one minute of meditation or one minute of sitting with my eyes closed or 60 seconds of core work, whatever it is for you, do that. Show up for yourself for those 60 seconds. That is a supreme, a supreme act of self-love. Mm-hmm. And you're also then redeveloping and starting that relationship of trust with yourself so you can actually start to believe that when you say you'll do something for, your, for yourself, you would do it. Yeah. That to me is the under, that's the big juicy piece of, of self-care.
0: Yeah. The, the two things that you just said, show, show up for yourself and trust yourself. I mean, those, those are massive. And if, and if we just took that and just did that, how is that gonna change our lives? I'm gonna show up for myself and I'm gonna trust myself more. Yeah. I think exactly. we can sign up for that and, maybe, and start small, start with that. I think that, that piece is beautiful, Gene.
1: Just start super small. And then to just wrap it up, one more thing about this whole looking at the world, looking at your life through the lens of love. You know, if, if you're a coach or a teacher or even just a person on the planet, the more you love yourself, the more you'll be able to see what whoever is around you with love. And you'll see that they're just a being working it out in, them, in themselves. Mm-hmm. And so we can lighten up on our need to fix or change them and start to respect and welcome their point of view and not be afraid that it may be different from ours and that they're making choices that we might not make. It doesn't make them wrong. It just makes them different. It doesn't make them some, something I have to fix. Nobody's broken. Here's the deal. We're either all broken or nobody's broken. You pick. And mm-hmm. if you're broken, you, can't, you have no right to fix anybody. So, you know, I'm just saying. So when we start to actually love ourselves more, we can start, we're really starting to see now the world through that lens of love. And as a coach and a teacher and a practitioner and a being in the world, the more we can actually see the world and those around us as expressions of love. I think the more joy we're going to have and the more communication we're going to have and the more curiosity we're going to have and the more effective we will be because we'll be spending less and less of our energy trying to fix and change things Mm -hmm. and we'll spend more of our energy investing to see what do we have, what ingredients do I have and how can I work with these ingredients right here, right now to serve in this moment.
0: Yeah love that we're either we're either all broken or we're all perfect it can't be either or. and if yeah. we're all broken then who am i to fix anyone and if we're all perfect then our job as a coach is maybe just to remind people that exactly pretty cool
1: yeah
0: it's so much easier when you think of it that way
1: yeah exactly
0: more fun. Oh,
1: more fun and you know l- less pressure nobody has to be anything's Amazing. Just show up as yourself. You know, just, that's another thing that this, love, this loving yourself is, is then you don't have to impress anybody, really. Mm-hmm. It's just so much more free if you don't have to feel like you have to impress anybody. Because who are you trying to impress? Oh, yourself. Because if you are confident, you know, I, here's Meryl Streep. I'm pretty, I'm assuming that she goes into whatever scenario, totally clear, totally on it, and she's not trying to impress anybody, mm-hmm. which is one reason why she's so awesome. Because she just gets to be in the moment. So as people, if we don't have to impress anybody, we love ourselves enough. We don't have to impress ourselves to prove ourselves, prove anything to ourselves, because we're already we've got it. We've got this. We've got this. And it's way more fun. And then we can just all be ourselves and have more fun. And there
0: you go. Well, I will attest. My life is way more fun ever since you taught me how to. How to lighten up? Yay! Yay! So, I love the story where I where I refused to move my foot in a yoga pose for years. I was so attached and so taking my yoga practice so serious. And it was like, oh, if you just move the foot, you're in less pain. It's a little easier. It might be a little more fun. And it's like, oh, well, I don't know. I don't know. But I'll trust you. Trust <laughs> you. you know, you know. And to, to go through that myself, it's what you're talking about is real, and um, it's not just words, So um, yeah. Thank you for showing me that and thank you for sharing this with with everyone else. I think there's a lot of stuff here we can all take and, and sit back on it and digest and use.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. It's my honor and privilege and just I'm so happy to be here and so happy to be in all your lives.
0: Likewise. All right, Jean. Thanks so much. Thanks, Nick.